Hello and welcome to this week's Inside OSU podcast. I'm Julia Benbrook. The people shark, Damon John, is a fashion industry pioneer, a shark on the four-time Emmy Award-winning ABC show Shark Tank, a New York Times bestselling author, branding consultant, and motivational speaker. OSU Speakers Board invited Damon to speak to students in Stillwater, and I had the chance to sit down and talk with him after his presentation. He explains how he created the popular clothing brand FUBU with a few sewing machines in his mom's house, what it means to be a shark, and why it's important to keep swimming. Here's my interview with Damon John on this week's Inside OSU podcast. You know, I am, um, my friends and I thought that we would maybe have a clothing store or boutique that all of us would change hours of working and just be able to work it all day and every day and that was it. Maybe we have three stores. Okay, and so what do you think that turning point was? What catapulted it into the brand that it is today? You know, I think that it was uh, as I had more and more mentors, they said, why is it, why are you thinking so small? And um, I said, I don't know. And I remember, I forgot who it was, but he, looked around and showed me all these things carved and massive buildings and he said everything here started with one person one idea that took one action why can't it be you and I said maybe it can and then FUBU the brand stands for for us by us why that tagline and why was it important to represent a culture when you did this? Yeah, you know, and that's a big misconception. It stands for forest bias, but people always thought it was about, it was about a, a very specific color. People of uh, African Americans, and it wasn't, however, it was created from this love and genre called hip hop, uh, an African American inspired genre. But at the time when I started, I would dress Beastie Boys, I would dress uh, LL Cool J, whoever the case was. But what inspired it was that the major companies were a lot of times saying, well, we don't want rappers. They're, you know, they weren't celebrated like today. And this is 1990 when I started, and rappers were really ignorant, which some are ignorant today too, most are. But um, it was really frowned upon, but I loved it. It was my world. It was like when I see the kids listening to EDM, that one long beat, dee, 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 dee. It's their world. And if, they, if I would joke about it, they'd say, what's wrong with you? This is... This is art, and that's why I created it. And visualization is important to you. I know that's a part of your album as sure. well that's out yeah. right now. How important is that in the process to visualize your success? Sure. Um, it's very important, and, and you got to get really deep with the visualization. It's not just, I want a big house. You know, when you see that you want, or a specific house, when you dream, and people have called it meditating, they've called it whatever the case is, you have to see that doorknob that you're opening. Is it brass? Is it glass? Is the door brown? Is it red? Is there winding stairs when you open the door? Is there bread baking? Is there your dog in there? Your kids in there? You have to visualize it. And many times people are visualizing, but they're visualizing the wrong thing. They're visualizing they're losing their house, losing their job, being in a, a very bad relationship not getting education they want, not having people love them. And that fear, your subconscious mind can't tell the difference. It's, it's not filtering anything. That fear of wrong that you're thinking, you become what you think about most of the time, says Oprah. And that's what visualization is. 
Then in 1997, let's take it back to the LL Cool J video, the Gap yeah. ad. Uh -huh. So he grew up in your neighborhood, in the yes. Queens area. You knew him. Uh, a little bit. Okay. In passing, yeah. Okay. And so Gap <coughs> hired him to do this ad, and yeah. he ends up wearing a FUBU hat in it. And How'd that come about? And saying for us, by us, in the ad. Now, they allowed the FUBU hat because he said, uh, you know, I wear a custom hat all the time. But they didn't know that he was going to say for us, buy us in there. It was, it was really LL Cool J's idea. I didn't know that he was going to do it. Even after he did it, I was in shock. I just couldn't believe he did it. And then the gap didn't catch on uh, for three weeks wow. until I'm told that a, a kid who worked in the mailroom, uh, they overheard a kid and several other people in the mailroom laughing because the, the, the kids were hip-hop kids laughing about what happened and finally made his way up to the CEO. Wow. And so how did you find out? Did you see the commercial? Did he call you? How did you oh, no. figure we, it out? We, we were just sitting there watching it on TV. <laughs> we just saw the commercial. And we just saw this thing running. And we were like, it's got to be a dream. Right. right. But three weeks later, we're like, it's crazy. And it was just, it was just, it's one of the biggest advertising kind of things that happened in the advertising world that uh, has ever happened with that large amount of, you know, company and money being spent. And it was kind of like the, the little ones taking on the giants. But as I shared with you, The Gap was very smart. Um, we weren't out in a large way. They had a lot of locations. And there's, there's sales in the target market they were trying to hit spiked 300% because the kids thought they can get food with The Gap. So, you know, to give The Gap a compliment, they re-ran the ad because they said, okay, the joke's on you. We're making more and more money now. So they, they acquired new customers. So it worked out for everybody. And Shark Tank, 11 yeah. seasons now, is that 11, correct? This is our 11th season, and we have moved to Friday nights, 8 p.m. Okay, tune in then. Friday um, so Friday nights, 8 p.m., we can catch it again. Take us behind the scenes a day at Shark Tank. Uh, day at Shark Tank, I wake up at 4.30. I get to set at 6. Um, uh, I think, uh, you know, I do whatever I got to do, and I'm in the chair by 9. We try to see 10 pitches that a average out an hour apiece. We get... 45 minutes break, all the sharks, uh, 45 minutes break for lunch, and we have to have lunch, call our offices, check our stocks, check our businesses, and get back in the chair. And, um, you know, we have a, we see those people, and you only see eight minutes of each one of those pitches. Um, we don't, somebody says, how many episodes you shoot? Well, we shoot 10 people, it doesn't matter. But person number one, maybe on episode number one, whatever, but they all they may on be on pitch number one maybe match with pitch number six pitch number 47 49 that's why you see each panel we're always in the same clothes because you never know which which how they're going to mix it together and we have a good time and you know we do the deals and it takes us anywhere from six to nine months to close the deals after that so update me on some of your investments which ones are doing well right now oh uh, bomba socks as i shared on stage is a uh, the top investment in Shark Tank history. The top company on Shark Tank history who didn't get a deal was Ring. They sold for $1.2 billion. But the top invested one is um, Bombas Socks. Uh, I have Al Bubba Baker's Boneless Ribs. That's doing really well. Um, I'd have to think about some more off the top of my head. Uh, um, Titan Vest. Um, oh, Sunstashes, the crazy looking glasses with all those, those uh, things on it. Aqua Vault, a little vault, a little vault that you could put on the back of your. Um, uh, chair uh, at the beach or on strollers or in lockers. It's a little safe, movable safe. So a lot of investments. And one of my favorite 
episodes includes when you decided not to invest in the company, but to invest in the kid, the teenager with Mo's bows, yeah, Isaiah Bridges. Little Mo. What made you willing to do that? You know, again, you know, when people go after investors, investors need to relate and resonate with something, your product or your situation. He was fashion, and he was a little boy with his mother, reminded me of myself and my mother. Um, but he also wanted to give away a percent of his company at 11 years old, and I think that's a big mistake. And Mr. Wonderful, of course, the blood-sucking Mr. Wonderful, offered him a royalty deal. And I think that the last thing that he needed was any kind of debt or royalty on his company in perpetuity. So I said, listen, I'll, I'll mentor you. Um, I won't give you the money. And, um, you know, now Mo is, I think he's 18 years old. He's taller than me, which that's not a big accomplishment. <laughs> um, I think he's the fashion correspondent for the NBA. He's a public speaker. He has books out. His Thai business is doing great. And um, I'm very proud of the young man and his mother, of course. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, you're also a best-selling author in addition to these thing, the other great things that yeah, you do. Yeah. So Rise and Grind, your last book. That was the last one, right? Yep. Uh, 18-ish. Yep, yep. Rise and Grind, my last book. I have my new book coming out March 10th. It's called Power Shift. It's mm -hmm. the art of building influence, then negotiating, and then nurturing relationships because people think that all the pitches I've seen in my, my life on Shark Tank and in the private sector, they think it's just a very transactional thing and it starts way before I ever hear of you or see you. Uh, the negotiation starts with yourself. And negotiating is not necessarily, uh, you know, sitting across the table from Damon John. Negotiating is getting the remote control away from your significant other or, you know, getting a vacation or being, you know, uh, getting a raise or running a company. Uh, you know, negotiation is what we do all day, every day. Absolutely. And so, SHARK, your acronym that you use tonight. Yep. Tell me what that means for people that didn't get to be here. Yeah, so um, number one, you have to always set your goals. Like we had talked about goal setting. Um, you, know, uh, you, you know, you really, if you don't know your why and what are you doing it for and where are you going down the road and how are you going to ever accomplish it or know when you've arrived, what's the next goal to set. Homework and understanding the market or the next person you're pitching against or what you really want out of a situation. How many people go in a situation, they really don't know what they're willing to accept or not accept. How many people go in a situation not caring what you want, what they want, you got your own problems, right? So how can I make your life better, right? Instead of telling you my problems. I love the, I love the saying, don't tell anybody your problems. 20% don't care and the other 80% are really happy you have them, right? And uh, A, it's about a more, it's about love, so it's loving various things. Loving the company, loving what you're doing, or loving the purpose you're doing it for. Those people who feel like they're working a nine to five, well, why are they doing it? They have to keep the lights on, but yet they're doing it for a very specific person at home, or maybe they further themselves later on. This is a temporary situation. R, to remember you're the brand. Don't hide behind other things. You're always gonna come back to you as a brand. If you work at a company, you're representing a company, but you're the brand. And K, you gotta keep swimming. You gotta keep getting the door slammed in your face. You gotta fail fast, fail quick, and keep doing and keep moving on. I mean, you have no other options. You can't just give up. And last, but certainly not least, President Obama named you a global ambassador of entrepreneurship. What did that moment mean, and, and kind of what do you do with that role? A moment was important to be recognized by the president, but more importantly, and I traveled with him to, um, to Kenya and to, um, uh, Cuba, the first trip that we went was Cuba. More importantly, the 
the job of being a global ambassador of entrepreneurship with 20 other 20 other people was to show people uh, first of all about entrepreneurship the power of it how to get access to capital and how to grow businesses and you may be thinking big businesses when we talk about that now but when we were in other countries and we were teaching people about about becoming entrepreneurs some of these people needed five dollars a month just five dollars a month to feed their families and keep the lights on now if you don't have any money domestic violence raises you know in a household if you can change a person from being a, a liability on the streets they instead of becoming a criminal they become a taxpayer also unfortunately and the gangs in or the streets here or the streets anywhere or in Kenya when you don't have five or ten dollars to feed your family the bad people in the world will say I'll give you five ten dollars here's what I want you to do and so they become a threat to everybody else but if you can tell them and show them simple ways to help open their mind to entrepreneurship it helps solve a lot of issues don't get me wrong some entrepreneurs are helping destroy the earth of course you know they're drilling and doing various other things that may be dangerous but most of them are trying to solve a problem for a lot of people and that's what I love about entrepreneurship Like Damon said, you can watch Shark Tank on Friday nights at 8 p.m. on ABC. Thank you for listening to this week's Inside OSU podcast. I'm Julia Benbrook. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.